Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. Hi guys, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. Welcome to another episode of Genre Junkies, a science fiction episode. <laughs> yep, Sandra, it's not horror, so it's not her favorite. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll have, that's about enough of all of that. Of course, horror is my favorite, but I like science fiction, and I would like to talk about this book. <laughs> and I love fantasy, of course. Um, this book has been blurbed by Chuck Wendig and Riley Sager, who are some people that we like a lot, especially Riley, who's like the bomb. Yes. Uh, tonight's book is The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. Um, but before we get to that, Scott, what would you like to share? What should people be doing with their lives? Well, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm going to say that this is what people should be doing with their lives, but uh, I recently saw the new Dragon Ball film in theaters. I was the only one. It was <laughs> I, I I I was in a place where the only option was dubbed. That's oh, that's fine. I, I know all those voices. That's pretty fun. I get there and from the back of the theater, I hear, "Hello person in the theater, would you like the sub or dubbed version since you're the only one here?" I was like, "I guess I'll take this the I guess I'll take the subbed version. Thank you very much." That is so funny. <laughs> okay, so uh Dragon Ball, it's called Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Love it. I love it. It's a lot of fun if you are into Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. If you are not into Dragon Ball, I think you will absolutely hate it. Well, <laughs> it's silly. <yeah. laughs> it's it's kind of dumb, but it's really fun. And if you are a fan of the, you know, some of the the secondary characters in Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in this case, uh, Gohan and Piccolo, then you will love this film. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's really dumb. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a, 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 a two Kamehamehas out of five <laughs> for the genre junkie score, but uh, it is very dear to my heart, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing, and it's like we were trying to describe it to like your, <laughs> your mom, who knows nothing, <laughs> and I was like, and I don't really know anything about Dragon Ball either. And I was like, this is a, a fandom that is incredibly old. And yeah, there's new people who get into it all the time. But I'm like, I'm not just going to try to jump in right now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is for the fans. This is something for the fans. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of us. I'm not saying I wouldn't be excited for everyone to jump on board. But Dragon Ball, specifically Dragon Ball Z is where it started, was the introduction to a lot of us non-weebs to anime. Like, I wouldn't consider myself truly a weeb. You know what I mean? And I mean, I, 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 I use that term very endearingly. No, me too, because I, I <laughs> we both are like, into, we're into it. Yeah. But it's like, we um we know we don't have the street cred to, to fully back <laughs> it up, you know? Um, But but it, it kind of, intro- it, it, it was the introduction that a lot of us had as children to anime. Um, And it is one of the silliest animes out there honestly but for those of us who grew up with it and enjoyed it that that kind of that kind of um humor 
Mm-hmm. Although it's gotten even funnier now, honestly, with, with Dragon Ball Super, which yeah. is the the newer the newer uh, show that came out, a lot of the humor advanced to a point that's like a little bit inside baseball for the mm-hmm. fans, but also like really smart and witty in, in a way that the even Dragon that Dragon Ball Z really wasn't. Mm. It's nice. It's fun. Um, we we have a shared recommendation, which is bodies, bodies, bodies. Bodies cubed. Um, bodies times three. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll start with this one. Um, I absolutely loved it. It's a twenty four best movie studio around, in my humble opinion. And can they do wrong? Well, I mean, they might do things that aren't to our taste, but I don't think they can do wrong. No. Um, I thought this movie was nuanced, fun, satire, absolutely hilarious. And you know, a little, a little mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I know it's going to be not everybody's cup of tea because there's going to be people that see it because they think, oh, it's it's, it's Pete. It's Pete. He's so funny. He's on SNL. And it's like, well, it's not really him doing his normal thing, mm-hmm. first of all. And then there's going to be people who are like, I don't get it. And it's like, yeah, it's satire. And I don't think a lot of people are well-versed in satire anymore and are expecting that. And a lot of the humor I actually think is really dry. Like, it's actually very sarcastic, like, dry. Like, you might think, like, oh, is that, should I laugh? And it's like, yes, you should laugh. Yeah, it's okay to laugh at it. Yeah. Um, I I think, I think it's one of, it's one of the, an example, it is an example of a trailer that, is both not reflective of the type of film that it is, and yet actually is very good at getting people in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the trailers make it seem really just all for laughs, and it is very funny, but I, I, it is a genuine horror film with a mystery element to it as well Yeah, that is unique in a way... Um, that makes it very special to me. Yeah. I thought I I think it's a lot of fun. I, I plan on watching it again. Female written and directed, um, diverse cast. It's it's you know in so many ways where we should be going with the horror movie genre. So get out there and support it. All right, now let's check into the Paradox Hotel, a book that Chuck Wendig called Electric, a tense, taunt, cinematic kick to the teeth. And our beloved Riley Sager said, wildly inventive and endlessly entertaining. The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart. January Cole's job just got a whole lot harder. Not that running security at the Paradox was ever really easy. Nothing simple at a hotel where the ultra-wealthy tourists arrive costumed for a dozen different time periods, all eagerly awaiting to catch their flights to the past. Or where proximity to the time port makes the clocks run backwards on occasion, and, rumor has it, allows ghosts to stroll the halls. None of that compares to the corpse in room 526, the one that seems to be both there and not there, the one that somehow only January can see. On top of that, some very important new guests have just checked in, because the U.S. government is about to privatize time travel technology, and the world's most powerful people are on hand to stake their claims. January is sure the timing isn't a coincidence. Neither are those accidents that start stalking their bitters. There's a whole reason January can glimpse what others can't, a reason why she's the only one who can catch a killer who's operating invisibly and in plain sight all at once. But her ability is also destroying her grip on reality, and as her past, present, and future collide, she finds herself confronting not just the hotel's dark secrets, 
but her own. So this is really a murder mystery sci-fi. Yes. With a whole, whole lot of heart. And it's goddamn funny. I'm going to kick us off. Okay. With having said that, um, all of those lovely words, I found this book to be an absolute page turner. Um, I will say it was chewy for my brain. It was another chewy for my brain book, like the one we had last time, where I found myself rereading passages um, because I found them significant, because I found them poignant, or because I found them like a lot of science, and I like that, (laughs) but it's chewy. But at the same time, I absolutely loved reading it. January is an unlikable, likable protagonist um (laughs) yes i i agree with you on that completely um a beautiful diverse cast of characters fun fun mystery really fun cool sci-fi elements and again so much heart so much heart absolute page turner for me so i am also giving this a page turner i really enjoyed this book um I, i just i i plowed through it and I will agree with you, it is chewy, both in ways that, um, you know, sometimes sent me down some Google holes. Oh, oh my God, I went down <laughs> so many. Um, as well as just, you know, there was entire chapters that, you know, the book kind of mess it messes with time a little bit. Yes. And sometimes you kind of have to read back to kind of figure out what, what, what just happened. Right. If that makes sense. It does. Um, there's also, I will say, a lot of characters in this book. There are a lot of characters, which is, um, <laughs> if you've read some mystery books before or some high fantasy, you'll kind of know because it's like sometimes in a mystery you have a lot of moving parts and it's a hotel and it's this summit going on. Yeah. And there's machinations behind the throne giving it high fantasy energy. It is almost, this book almost needs a, you know, like a fantasy book in the beginning, like a character list. Like this yeah. character is this and this character is this, that that kind of thing. It almost needs that. Almost. Um, when it comes to um the characters that you really want to care about, I had no trouble figuring like distinguishing them. Right. I had a little bit of trouble distinguishing some of the the secondary characters mm-hmm. and remembering which one was which. Uh, I know what you mean. I got a, a little confused a couple times, but one thing that I think really helped is that Hart names everybody really differently. And I found that really helpful. It's like, there's not like Reginald Riley and R- R- Rasputin. <laughs> you know what I, I don't know, that's not a good example, but you know what I mean? Where I, it's like, Wait, which one was this again? Like I could kind of tie them in my mind. I agree with you with the with the main characters within January Circle. I disagree with you when it comes to characters that were in like the bureaucracy. Okay. And I I found some of those names to be a little bit too generic for me to wrap my head over who was who with with a, a couple of rare exceptions. I consider myself someone who is um <sighs> pretty sensitive pretty tuned in to when male writers write women characters and we've talked about this on the podcast before it's a big talking point in in books in general and it's kind of the example of like she 
she runs breastfully up the stairs <laughs> or, you know, her thoughtful breasts or, like, you know, things like that. Or just weird things that, like, trying too hard to get into this weird womanly mindset or obsessed with our womanly bodies. And I have to say, from my perspective, I don't think Rob Hart did that. I think that he wrote January lovely. This is a love letter to this character in so many ways. Um, I, I was really happy with that. I did like the way that the that January was written. I, I like the way, honestly, that everyone was written in the book. Um, there's a couple of questions that I, I that I will pose to you in the spoiler section that I feel like I know the answer to. Yeah, but there's a couple of 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 trope adjacent choices that are made in this book that I would like your opinion on. That that just I've been thinking about. I'll do my best. <laughs> um. So let's talk a little about January without getting into spoilers. January is somebody who, as the description says, um, has a unique ability <laughs> to kind of help with solving crimes. But at the same time, it's a little to their detriment. So we have a little bit of an unreliable narrator in our midst, too, because sometimes January is experiencing things that have either happened in the past or happening currently, but like not right here or will probably happen in the future. Um, so it makes it hard for her, too. And then everybody's telling her, well, you're losing your mind, you're losing your mind. And so she's got to be, like, really steadfast. Um, she's someone who has pain and trauma. And she's so funny, you guys. She's so funny. But she's she started to kind of ice people out in her life, right, because of this terrible thing that happened to her recently and there was like times in the book where somebody would be trying to give her a kindness or trying to offer a hand and she would think through all the things she wanted to say but she couldn't and i related to that so much when you're in that kind of pain um and and i felt like yeah rob's definitely been there um I found it very realistic how she carried her pain. And let us not forget about her sidekick, Ruby, the little talking robot who flies around. Uh, uh, my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, probably mine too. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what made us pick this book, because I think it will go into uh, how I feel about the book overall, uh, both in just theme as well as, as, well as appeal. Uh, we wanted to do a science fiction book because it's, you know, been, it's time. It was time to do one. But I really didn't want to read anything that was like post-apocalyptic or dystopian. I wanted something fun. I wanted something, you know, science fiction, future-y, but, but fun and real, but a little bit less dark than all of that. And I am so happy that we landed on this book because it absolutely locked in exactly what I wanted. It's very fun. With all the stuff going on, it's very fun, too. Because of how fun it is, I'm going to give this a broad appeal. Yes. I think that it has uh, that it has some, some writing styles that are very based in science fiction and that that I think me personally, I'm keeping it out of the mass appeal category. I, I don't know if, for example, the moms would read this. And I say the moms, I mean our moms. <laughs> right, the, mo <laughs> the moms and the moms like them. Yeah, who we oftentimes think about. I mean, I think that um, 
I think that they would actually, which is why I lean into a broad appeal as well, because it's a good mystery. Hmm. And I think a lot of people, including the moms out there, <laughs> enjoy a good mystery. There's a whodunit element to this. It's true. That's true. There's also a really lovely romance, bittersweet romance, and longing and angst, and I think that that appeals to a lot of people. There's a lot of themes that I feel like a lot of people would relate to in di- in different ways, but yeah. but you know, I could I could be. I mean, obviously, you and I both agree on broad. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree that it's not quite mass though? It's probably not quite mass because some people might get too hung up on the sci-fi elements of it. Particularly the tiny whiminess of it. Yeah, but I mean, they do a great job of explaining it. So that should not scare anybody off. But I think it might make some people weary to pick up the book, Mm -hmm. though it really shouldn't because they'll hold your hand through the whole thing. They do a great job of explaining all of it. They do a very good job of explaining the science, real, real or imagined. Um, but, but the it, it's confusing at parts, deliberately so. Yeah, because the character is very confused, and I can see that being very off-putting uh, to people who are just not used to that kind of story. That's- Those people need to live a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also had mentioned that there's diversity. There's great diversity in this book. Mm-hmm. Queer representation, including non-binary representation. And um, also just like some people from different walks of life and stuff. I don't know. Always fun. And it's so sad that it feels like you have to wait for science fiction sometimes to get that diversity you want. Mm-hmm. Come on, we got to do better, authors. We got to do better. It can't just be sci-fi where everybody's <laughs> like out and living among each other here. But you know what I mean. Well, that's the nice thing about sci-fi and fantasy for that matter. But you can imagine a world where that is no longer an issue. Yeah. You can you can create a world. You can live in a world where that is not a, a, a driving friction amongst people. Right. As it should be. As it should be. Okay, everybody. I think we're going to skip, hop, and jump over to the spoilers section and talk about the Paradox Hotel in more detail. But if this is at all sounded intriguing to you, you know what to do. You got to read this book. Take a little leap if it's out of your wheelhouse. I don't think you're going to regret it. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget subscribe rate and review and while you're at it find us on instagram at genre junkies there's dinosaurs yep there are are dinosaurs trigger trigger warning there are dinosaurs (laughs) start out so cute they're described as little chickens and they're like nipping it at feet and they were so cute and i just died um block model yeah sandra and i had a nice long discussion about different time theories so you obviously know because you've read the book but scott give us just a brief synopsis of block model and what would be the anti to block model well uh the basis of block model is that the future and the past has all exists already and the present is just us in this box of space time Mm -hmm. but all of it already exists that's the idea of of block theory of of block time uh whereas the opposite would well there's few opposites there's a few opposites but the uh, the other opposites would be it doesn't all exist uh you know and we're just inside of this this 
quote-unquote four-dimensional box uh there's the theory that neither the past nor the future exists and only the present exists Mm -hmm. there's the theory that and then there's on both sides the past and present exists but the future doesn't and there's even the future and the present exists but the past no longer the past has been destroyed right so there's lots of different theories when it comes to to time realistically though time is pretty much agreed upon by by most scientists to be kind of a construct right <laughs> that that there, time is not on its own separate from space mm-hmm. i will admit that is way above my uh pay my grade. my pay grade to explain that Same. uh i just know what um you know different different sciencey people have told me um we both love science scott's um a little bit more adept at it and at explaining things but we both love science and we especially love anything when you get into like a quantum realm mm-hmm. um i love timey-wimey oh me too i really do um, i really like time i like and i appreciate that this book isn't really time travel you know yeah I mean, there is there is time travel in the book right. other people time travel we as the readers never time travel right i think that's well kind of (laughs) Uh, we don't really yeah yeah like we're not all jumping on a flight you know like yeah like how the the main character sees things and sees things in the future and experiences things in the past like her own consciousness is not necessarily in line with the quote-unquote present yeah but there, but it fits in really well with the story in a way that's confusing and kind of alarming at times. Mm-hmm. But man, is it so cool when you know in like chapter five, there's this whole there's this whole skip that she's in. That's a, and then you get to that scene in like the third to last chapter of the book, and it's word for word the same, and it's just really cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um. I think sometimes for me, I do a good job of understanding the concepts, but it's hard for me to actually explain them back to people. Oh, yeah. And I'm always very admirable of when writers can do a good job of making it just difficult enough, but that you're still able to follow the thread of a narrative. I I think that was handled quite well in this book. So one thing that I really loved um, about this novel is is the character of Mina, who we don't really meet firsthand, but we do. And of course, we see Mina through January's eyes as somebody who loved her very, very much. And I think that that's a really cool vantage point Mm -hmm. um, because she just loves her and misses her. She's not thinking about her faults. She's not thinking about, you know, bad times she's just remembering like good times really i mean a few kind of awkward times but not bad times and and everybody else in the hotel really loved mina as well um and i love how mina is buddhist and i love the way she imparts wisdom onto other people really spoke to my heart i think i highlighted every single passage about that um I also want to say you are incredibly observant oh. because up the like the first scene with Mina in it, mm-hmm. you, like, oh, you caught pants. something. You caught it right yeah. away, and it was it. And it's never actually ex- truly explicitly said, although it's very. I mean, it is like Heavily. it is he- like I mean, it didn't really need to be by the end. Yeah. At the end, it's, it's all about not 
you know, her not living in her own body. Yeah. It, it's very clear. Yeah. I really liked the way that was done, though. I thought it was beautiful because it's something that is, you know, important to this character that she was a trans woman. But at the same time, that's not the most interesting thing about yeah. Mina. It's not the defining characteristic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I, you know, of course, you'd have to get a trans person's take on that. But from where I was sitting, it felt like really beautiful healthy trans rep same thing with cameo being non-binary january being queer you know like it all felt like it felt really good to me as Mm -hmm. an observer and as an ally i felt really like yay yeah hooray huzzah although if i may ask um i want to talk about two uh tropes Uh that i'll be honest as as a as a cis male i'm not very sensitive to i just see it okay and so does mina count as fridging no okay no i i don't think so um it's because mina's death and her life are very important to our main character's life but it doesn't like because that's where our character is right now she's you know she has this quote-unquote disease of being unstuck and really she's stuck Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the message of it uh forgiveness addressing some childhood past traumas as well. So that's where I kind of think it's like, of course, every character in a book is going to be a vehicle, you know, and sometimes that's what it is. A character is a vehicle and a catalyst, but it doesn't have to be bad. Personal opinion. I, you know, I I don't want to say that I agree or disagree, because like I said, I... I'm not very sensitive to it, mm-hmm. but I also understand that it exists. It's something I just kind of wanted to to say that I noticed, I guess, and get your opinion on. But Right. And then there's also the fact that Mina is still here. Yeah. She's very much still there. She is here. very much still there. So that's also kind of like, you know, you've got to wait till the end for it to come full circle. I love that concept of ghosts in this book. I thought it was gorgeous. And then the second question is, I I, I actually do have an opinion on this. I don't think that it is, mm-hmm. but uh, something I am a little bit more sensitive to is actually the barrier gaze trope. Um, we all should be. Don't be burying them gaze anymore. I mean, my argument against it mm-hmm. would be the main character, January, yeah. Is queer. Is queer. So their love interest is queer. Is yeah. queer, right. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's, if they were, if, you know, it was a straight couple. Yes. The idea is that the two of them, they actually don't even really die. They really find Nirvana. It's kind yes. of the, kind of like to skip ahead a little bit. That is really what happens. But arguably, yes, yes. they find Nirvana. But yeah. I mean, the, the story is that, you know, they both quote unquote die in the end. Right. But this is a story about a queer relationship. And so I don't think it is, you know, I don't think it is that trope. Now, if they'd also killed Cameo, yeah. then then we'd have then we'd have we'd have we'd, we'd have to fight. put we'd have to put on our referees whistle and blow a couple times here, like wee, wee. okay, what's 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 happening? Um and then there's also a couple of other characters who die whose sexualities are not addressed, so we don't know. We don't know what like wrench was or whatever. And then we can't forget about there is another queer relationship, which is the two women who, you know, came up with the theory of time travel and the one that designed the hotel. And I love that they um, 
I love the use of the themes of Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass in this book, because, of course, that's one of my favorite things ever. And it's really beautiful. And it's just, like, really sweet. And it's kind of like when you're, you think that everything is so nefarious that's happening. And it's like, you know, some of that nefarious stuff is actually sweet and romantic things. It is, although I have a, I have a counterpoint to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push back a tiny bit on that. Okay. Okay, because one of them was married. Doesn't matter. Well, if 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 the two of them, it, I mean, if the two of them were not queer and they were, you know, going and hiding in the in a time time room, mm-hmm. and one was cheating on their spouse, kind of suck. I feel kind of I feel kind of bad for the husband. Well, we don't know. Like we don't know. We don't know them. We don't know their lives. <laughs> And there could be many reasons why people can't be who they are. And it's possible that that was her situation, so she couldn't be who she truly was. Um, Maybe it is a more recent development. There's a lot of nuance that goes into, you know, a lot of what the reasons why people stray outside their marriage. And, And I think that in this way, it was, you know, we're expecting, oh, my God, this room, this room is gonna be, oh, this room is evil and everything. And it's like, no, it was for them. Yeah, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, of course, I love the Jabberwocky and, and, and all of that, too. Um, so the idea of ghosts, we just touched on, I think is really beautiful in this story. And it fits with if <laughs> everything's happening all at once. And we've talked about this in other books and stuff, too. Then, yeah, people aren't ever really gone from us because everything's happening everywhere all at once. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that that's really sweet and a really beautiful idea. Um, There was a couple of times that grief is touched on in this book that I found very poignant. My favorite, though, it's actually from Nick, when he tells her, I'm going to give you some advice. She's like, I don't want it. He's like, I'm just going to say it. It sucks when people you love die. Period. Yeah. And she's like, you know, expecting more. He's like, no, that's it. It sucks when people you love die. Sometimes just putting things simply and relatably from every every person can relate to that. It's like, well, okay. Advice does not have to be advice. Sometimes sometimes it's just acknowledgement. Can you just tell me that I remind you of Mina, please? Oh, for sure. Thank God. Especially Although, with her love for living things. Her love for living things and 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 just her kindness. Caterpillar. Yes. Although your your um a spicy demon (laughs) your tendency to be a little bit spicy particularly to compliments or or kindness yourself does remind me quite a bit of january Ah, why can't i be the more (laughs) the more chill one Uh, no i'm a goblin and we know this i'm a spicy demon you're not mean like january though no and because january is genuinely mean yeah, she's mean. And I she doesn't want to be, but she's in so much pain. Yes. She's mean. And I really like I really like the way that yes, the way that she is mean is incredibly funny. Yeah. Is it is enjoyable as a reader, but it is also very clearly um portrayed as just mean, as just mean-spirited. And that's why I really liked when you said that 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 she is an unlikable, likable character. Yeah, because we're totally rooting for her. We know what she's carrying, and it's heavy. Oh, it's so heavy. And I love that that parable is even 
parable, for lack of a better word, fable is even told to her about the monks. I want that framed. Yes. I had never heard that one before. Genius. And I really, really love like, that. Why are you still carrying it? I put it down hours ago. Yeah. Um, the concept of forgiveness and forgiveness in a non-Abrahamic religion way, non-dogmatic way, where it heals everybody to acknowledge something sucked but to move on is so important and also that the forgiveness might take a little work but the fact that you acknowledge it and you want to do it is what's really important um you know and her being able to put that with embe to to bed yeah you know so important and then on top of this all of this beautiful soul searching brilliance we got a murder on our hands. <laughs> We've got people double crossing us. We are sitting here thinking, do I really know Alan? Or was this implanted in my mind that I know Alan? That is a really, that was a really interesting kind of a, a mental twist of, oh my gosh, every everything is a red herring because maybe none of them are real. Um, I, I don't think that this, that I, I definitely did not know who the murderer was. I don't think that the book hinted at who the murderer was going to be. Uh, I thought in this particular case, that was okay. I'll say this. We love it when we know the mystery because we're really good at it. Yeah. We know this. I would say early on, I suspected Nick, but then I kind of let it go. I don't remember why, but I kind of let it go. But then when they started talking about the Jabberwocky, which is a great concept too. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about the experiment that was done with the boy with the changing of his wall color. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. That's when I knew that it's, it's you know, it's definitely subterfuge. And there are two people running around here who we think we know, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. But I knew at one point it wasn't Alan anymore. Well, you knew it had to be two people. Yeah. Because you can't go to your own past. Right. Um, so you knew it had to be two people. Um, I don't know if there was ever a point where I trusted Alan. I was so concerned about it. I kept going back and forth on him. And I'll tell you the, the, the honest truth. I completely forgot about Reg. He that is one oh, of yeah. that is one of those characters that I completely forgot about. And when they were going back into Reg's office, I'm like, who who, who the hell is and Reg? But yet Reg is mentioned a million times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alan Reg um, and the alleged Osgood uh, um, Johnson, right? Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Those characters, I had a I had a lot of trouble keeping straight in my mind. Hmm. Um, there was the Saudi prince uh, who went by three letters. Yeah, I, don't I think what it was MSK. MSK, yeah. uh, something like that, yes. His bodyguard. I, I, rem- and I remembered them uh-huh. um, because they, I mean, part of it is their names were distinct, right? Yeah. Um, the other three bidders and and Alan and uh, Derek, De- Desmond, um, I... I don't remember. I got their names all very confused and there weren't always context clues in the scenes of who they were. I think you and I had a little bit of a different experience with that. I wasn't, I don't think I was as nearly as confused as you were. I was like, I think like there was a little bit of like, there's a lot of characters like we had talked about in the non-spoiler section, but I don't think I'm just for, you know, for whatever it's worth to different readers to take away, mm-hmm. I didn't have as much confusion as you did. That's fair. Get it right. No, I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And there have been times where I get confused. And I'm a little bit of a book writer inner. I have been known to do it. And I have been known to either write in a book or take a little piece of paper and stick it in the front of the book and make my own key mm. to help me. So there's there's that. Didn't do it for this one, though. Yeah, maybe I should start taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be a bad idea if you find yourself getting confused. Okay, so all of that having been said, fun book, interesting book, um, really a nice little burst of mostly happiness and joy and a celebration of love in many different forms, including the love like the staff have for each other, the found family aspect. Um, I'm absolutely going to give this book nine chicken size velociraptors. Aren't they Utah raptors? They are Utah raptors because they're big. Let's say this. Nine raptors out of ten. Interesting. We're going out of ten. And what's I was literally thinking in my head, four and a half out of five, but I don't want to split a raptor in half. So I'll also That's go cool. nine out of ten. Yeah. Nine out of ten raptors. That's you and I are both on the same page on that. It is it is nearly perfect in my eyes. It is it is so much fun. Um, it's so heartfelt and meaningful. I cried. Oh, I legitimately right. cried. Okay. Um, I, yeah, it's it's excellent. And then there's a dead body in it. Sounds good. <laughs> it's a little horror requirement. Okay, everybody. Plus the horror of of if you know if it's well actually it turns out to not be a bad thing to be unstuck, but that's a little scary to not psychologically touch scary. Yeah, until you kind of get full circle to it there. And also, that was, you know, I might have picked up, because I'm a sensitive, loving person, that Mina was trans, but I did not pick up that she was unstuck. And that was, it was right there. It was right there in the text. It really was right there in the text in that very first scene between the two of them. Brilliant. 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 Anyway... Thank you, Rob Hart, for writing a book that we both really um, have come to cherish. We are going to be back. September is always an interesting month here at Genre Junkies. That's right, because it's the month before our horror October. It's Halloween Eve. Really, every month is Halloween Eve. But at Genre Junkies, the month of October, our episodes are always dedicated completely to horror. So if you're hearing this, and I know not everybody's listening to the spoiler section, so, you know, consider yourself privileged, dare I say, <laughs> that we are probably going to not do a horror book in September so that we can do double the horror in October without running Scott into an existential crisis. <laughs> It's really what it's about. It's really what it's about. Now, will that be a, another science fiction and a fantasy? Two fantasies? Maybe something. Huh? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm -hmm.